this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Yo, what's up? Sparky. Welcome to the Pie Boy Podcast. It's episode 117. Almost spring break. Looking forward to it. What a wild year. Um, This podcast isn't about that, about being a teacher. But it comes up, because that's what I do. Um, But what a wild year. People still learning to be people. I had some major setbacks. But what we do to power through is uh, focus on the positive, use the negative as fuel. And mix that with some creativity. And we got Pie Boy podcast and poems. And I've been working on zines and thinking about that kind of stuff and trying to learn more about zines. Also make more zines and learn how to make different kinds of zines. Yeah, be a student of the game. Uh, But uh, Joey Diaz this week, uh, my podcast kind of person that I follow and look for for inspiration. Uh, Uncle Joey's joint talking about road rage was invented in New Jersey. Wow. Man, it was perfected in Oregon, specifically Portland. Portland. I-84, 205, I-5, my God. People are crazy. People have been off the chain around here for years driving. But recently, I don't know, man. I haven't seen a lot of road rage, but I felt rage. Um, But something that helps me a lot with that, if I could do a rebuttal to Joey Diaz, I'd be like, dude, think about this. Uh, Mindfulness meditation somewhere in headspace maybe i watched it or thought about it or it was brought up this idea of like oh, we're caught when we're in traffic or thinking about traffic we're always thinking about everybody else and all these people around it's always everybody else's fault and not taking responsibility for simple things such as the fact that if you're in traffic you are traffic you are a part of the traffic too and ever since i that thought that's helped me a lot and i don't remember every time i still get upset i definitely have honked at somebody recently flipped somebody off recently garbage or recycling man just being crazy trying to turn in like dive off of lombard into my neighborhood when i'm clearly like trying to turn right and they like won't let me out just crazy stuff i i give a middle finger and kept going like i don't probably didn't even see it but I was just like, F this, F this situation, maybe not him. But the other thing I try to do is not that, try not to, avo- I try to avoid um, road rage at all costs, really. And my thing now, if I get really mad, try to hold back, feel the anger, but let it go. Like, give a thumbs up, like, good job. I know I'll make a mistake at some point. So just be humble. I guess that's the message. Um, but speaking of poetry and getting into this week, uh, I'm doing a throwback because I don't know. This is one of my, I think, poems when things started to get serious for me, when I felt like, whoa, like I I don't know what this is, but I want to share this and I think it's ready for like spoken word and to be performed and get out into the world. 
it was one of the poems I wrote uh, leading up to trying to publish my book of poetry 10 years ago. I just got the memory on Facebook of me like doing the fundraiser and working on publishing it and stuff like roughly 10 years ago. And I wrote this poem called Insecurity Blues. I won't get into a whole story. Um, try to keep the intros to five minutes. I'll tell more of the story later. But Insecurity Blues about this guy that I used to work to it with at a um, import car repair and restoration body shop um, out in southeast and southeast and southeast beast off of Foster and. Yeah, talking about gun violence and uh, people being insecure and putting their insecurities on you and in like hateful ways and scary ways and ways that people don't even realize putting insecurities out into the world and how sometimes those things can really run our life and control our life. And this is me speaking to that energy. Insecurity Blues. A bald man told me once he could have me killed. What a thrill to fill the empty spaces you feel. Naturally, I laughed in his face. Only pretending I was kidding. But deep down, I was willing. Who the honk will kill me? Not a fool. Maybe a goblin. I just can't believe you would have me killed, but wouldn't do the killing. So you wouldn't do anything, but would take credit for everything and hide behind a stranger, blinded by your own anger. Damn, you're twisted, not gifted, not tough. Just a backdoor man that can't get his backdoor manned. And you still want me dead. Good news for you. I never say die. But I look nice. Guess that's an invite to spill your own spite. Here's some free advice. Maybe you shouldn't walk in narrow alleys with the lights on, or go ahead and sing a song until I've shown you what I really am. An energy that will euthanize thee only if it's handy, and death makes me a champion. It's not a winning thing. It's about finishing. So, I've said before, speaking of poems and writing and things and sometimes it's this thing that you tap into and you don't even know that you do it and other times you do because you're open to it it's kind of a spiritual thing uh, to take it to a different level and you tap into this higher frequency and and things come like ideas inspirations creative thoughts uh, motivation to get up and move your body whatever it is but for me poetry and storytelling and writing in general a lot of it happens because of all these ideas floating in my head and something sparking them and them having to come to life or i go basically nuts and put that energy somewhere or just let it die and let it go off into the ether universe it's very bizarre 
And then other times I can sit down and I can work and say, you know, I'm going to sit out, I'm going to write this poem and this form and this style. I'm going to write an essay and do this thing and work really fucking hard at it. And like, you can get really good at that. I feel like you can only take that so far. This other thing, this higher energy thing, the higher frequency. Um, Jack White has a great video talking about it. He's better at it. He's been doing it longer. But at CBS News Sunday mornings, not that long ago, and he said something to the fact, like what I was saying, it's like it's this thing with music for him where he he taps into this thing, this higher energy, this frequency, and things just come to him, and he has to go for it, has to get after it, has to do it to like satisfy it and like the more you do it the more it comes and the stronger it is sometimes it doesn't come at all and you kind of have to try hard to find that spark again and find those inspirations again or give them a rest i don't know it's a weird thing and you know if you know if you don't look into it this this person the story of this place i worked at i worked with this guy in the body shop and he is a character a little bit younger than my dad he was born in like the middle 60s my dad was born in the early 60s so he wasn't like he could have been my dad but a little bit younger than my dad but definitely an adult that grew up in the 60s 70s and 80s around 90s of portland uh and oregon and all the wackiness around here Uh, This guy was a gun lover, um, but also like part-time criminal, scam artist, um, had a short fuse. If he liked you, he loved you and had a great time. But if he didn't like you, he despised you, he hated you, and he tried to torture you and get back at you and be mean to you. Um, Always trying to teach you a lesson if he wanted or not. Um, Creepy motherfucker, honestly creepy dude bald always talking about sexual things like very uncomfortable like uh, most people i think wouldn't be able to handle this guy i was with him a lot because i was the like the gopher i was picking up customers i was helping him in the body shop uh do work i was like washing cars i was giving customer rides i was picking up parts i was picking up parts for him i was picking up parts for the um, mechanics, um, so many things, doing odds and end jobs around the shops and the property, spraying the wrong fucking weed stuff and killing all the lawn and the guy flipping out. Very, oh, this dude, the owner was running for the mayor of Damascus and a very religious family, but like uh, some freaking loose cannons in this family they all worked at the they were mechanics at the place or in the office or the manager of the place it's just a whole family run thing there all the time and this guy was kind of playing him and he was really good at his job but he was also really sketchy and one of the sketchiest things about him is that he carried a gun on him he had a concealed firearm and he's always talking about like shit pops up bro I'm ready. I'm ready. He's always touching his gun and like talking about shooting people. And his son's a cop. And like, like, 
sketchy. Like I like honestly, you could be thrown in the category of like Proud Boys and Trump supporters and like like QAnon type folks before that was a thing. But people that would be very open and willing to join that cause. If you can imagine that, that's who I was dealing with. But for some fucking reason, this dude liked me what I thought told me so much crazy stuff, so much incriminating stuff. And the most incriminating thing which inspired this poem, and all started with him pointing a gun at me because he told me too much. And it all started like one morning. I'd get there like seven o'clock in the fucking morning. Uh, I was like opening up the shop. I had to be a little bit early sometimes to help open up the shop before people get there. And he was always, like took pride in beating me there. And it was one of those days that he'd beat me there because he didn't want, like, uh, the alarms are weird and, like, he didn't want me ever messing with it. So he's waiting for me. And the information that I knew was that he was messing around, sleeping around with one of the service coordinator people, office people, and it was had this relationship and they were not supposed to like show any affection, all this stuff at work. Uh, and I thought they hated each other. So this was news to me. And he had told me all this shit that he did to her, all like really creepy stuff. And I should have said something. But we'll get to the point why I didn't. Uh, so he told me that. But then he told me more, that he actually had had the same kind of relationship with the owner's daughter, who was the accountant and other office person. And that nobody else knew about that either. Like a lot of people didn't. And they had made a deal like he keep working there and keep his job and all this stuff. But as long as he didn't say anything. Well, he spilled the beans. I don't know why he couldn't help but tell me, but he did. And I had this tendency, if you know me personally, my whole life people have told me things they probably shouldn't have. Or done things in front of me they shouldn't have because... They trusted me or they thought I wasn't a threat or whatever it was. Anyway, I'm telling me the stuff one day uh, and like by the end of the week, things had gotten weird. And back to the beginning of the story, I walked in in the morning and walk around the corner. And this dude's got his gun pointed at me. And I'm like, bro. And he's like, don't say anything. And I was like, what's going on? And he goes, hey. You know, I told you about such and such and so and so. He's like, you're not supposed to know that. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you're not going to tell anybody. And I was like, okay, great. And he's like, that, you don't understand. I need you to understand. I was like, what don't I understand? And he's like, this is my life. I need this money. My son's going to college. Um, this is my retirement. I've already lost my, like, just started pouring all this shit on me. And I'm like, dude, put the fucking gun down. Like, that's what I'm thinking. But I'm acting cool because, spoiler alert, I've been around guns. I've been around gun violence before. I've been around so many people, gang stuff with my dad's, like, football team. Somebody who's shooting a window out in front of us. My mom carrying a gun because of doing drug deals. Uh... We were at a quinceanera at one point at one of these drug deals, and I got shot up. And the dudes that my mom was dating, her another like member of this drug thing, his brother had gotten 
freaking messed up and like almost didn't live, but made it through. Um, people pointed guns at me in high school. Um, I definitely escaped parties where they got shot up in Malala or upriver. A lot of crazy stuff. I'm not comparing or saying it's better or good or whatever, but I've been around it. And this was one of those moments where, like my mom would always tell me, like, somebody's pointing a gun at you, like, go with what they're saying. Like, don't start something and try to be chill as you can and try to get out of that situation. It was the gist of that information she gave me. And like, after that, we were cool. Cause I said like, oh, I, like, I promise, like I wouldn't ruin your life. But I was just like, fuck, what do I do with that energy? What do I do with that? And I kind of held on to it. Like I told, like I told Sarah, and I told like a few different people, like should have told the people at my job and just like got the F out of there. But like, I needed that job. <laughs> I was like graduated from college, broke, no job coming, paying student loans already before I even graduated. Just a lot of hard stuff. And that was just one more thing. And holding that in was like bad, but like all of a sudden, I just put me in this state and I started to write this poem. It was a way to deal with it. And like, he literally was this bald man that is like, I could have you killed. And that's the thing. He didn't, he wasn't going to do it. Like he like had the gun and he's like, yeah, I'll shoot you. But like he was telling, he wasn't telling me how he was going to shoot me, even though he had the gun there, which I knew he could. The weird part was he was telling me about like these biker dudes that were to come find me and like his crew, his crew he runs with gypsy jokers and all this horse shit. And there's this one dude that always come and like scamming like one of his scammy friends and they were into scamming food stamp cards actually, which like that, that ring just got busted up. I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the people that got busted for that knew about that stuff but he was talking about all these other bad mofos that was going to come after me and i just thought that was like kind of ironic and it made me laugh and also uh talk about like why i felt confident here was like yeah like i'd been there before but also i was on some different energy too like i was in like high survival mode and listening to like little wayne um and different hip-hop artists at the time was like i don't know i just was hearing something different and being pumped up on something different and it was giving me a different edge and like one of those people was like tyler the creator and um yonkers and like the odd future people and like what i talked in other podcasts but like little wayne stuff like the carter oh shoot no ceilings the carter two and three specifically the carter three it was just like in my subconscious at this point in time and like <laughs> it's a shout out right there like talking about being a goblin like who's gonna kill me not a fool but a, maybe a goblin like this not this fool in front of me this fat and bald fool talking all this mess it was just talk it was all talking it was insecure and he was trying to put his fucking insecurities on me and like one of those insecurities that i got to here is like saying he's just a backdoor man that can't get his backdoor man he was always talking about like 
sexual stuff and about butt stuff and like fucking people in the ass and it was just it was over the top and like it made me think like i started like really ruminating on like why the fuck is he saying this stuff and like this poem like it just started pouring in i'm like this dude is so insecure like he thinks like gay guys are out to f him and like bend him over and all this crazy stuff he think like he's always talking about putting it in somebody's butt i'm like dude i think that's what you want to do i think secretly you think dicks are delicious to quote like joe rogan and other people is like these closeted people that instead of like facing this and accepting who they are which they should like there's nothing wrong with whatever sexuality you want to be but like when you deny it and you're hateful about it and especially towards the people that are your fucking people like i'm getting upset right now just thinking about it and like this energy was in this poem like it helped me write this shit and like that's what i'm saying like insecurity blues is like people being so insecure like this dude would shoot me over being insecure about his fucking situation like that's what i'm saying and it's just unbelievable even like 10 years later I'm just so blind, like anger can just really blind you and revenge, like dig, help you dig your own grave, seeking it on other people. And he's like always talking about being tough. And like when people are always talking about how tough they are and like, yeah, I got a gun. I'm not scared. Like that tells me you're fucking scared. Like my mom always like told me to look out for things like that. And it didn't start making sense until I was, like, in my 20s. My brain started to develop, and I was around fucking crazy adults in the real world. I didn't have mommy or daddy or really anybody. I had to figure this shit out. (laughs) It's like my love letter to this guy. Uh, Also, that was a shout-out to Jim Morrison, the backdoor man. I can't get his backdoor man. One of the songs of the week. I was specifically thinking of backdoor man by the doors. Love them. Yeah. And it speaks to this twisted energy. Like, this guy, like, damn, man. Like, he was just on one. He was a scary individual. But always wanted to pretend like I was his favorite and stuff. It was very creepy. Yeah. And also, like, good news for you. I never say die like that. I wasn't going to say die right there. I'm like, I was going to say, yeah, man. Like, I'll do whatever you want. I'm not fucking rolling over. Like, sorry. And here's some pre-advice. Like, I don't even know what I was talking about, but just, like, in my head, I was thinking about, like, sketchy movies. I was thinking, like, Hostel or, like, being somewhere, like, Shanghai Tunnels or something in Portland and, like, like, or Goodfellas. Like, when the, really, like, this is a good visual for you in this part when I'm saying go do, don't go down narrows with the lights on. I was thinking about Goodfellas when uh, the dude wife uh ray leota's uh character's wife in the movie like they think they're trying like she gets paranoid and they think she thinks that they're trying to whack her and like she's walking back to her car and gets all fucking scared like that's the kind of thing i was thinking of there's like yeah dude like don't go down that back alley or watch your back just like you're telling me yeah 
death does make me a champion. It's not a winning thing. It's about finishing. Yeah, always. My dad was always telling me, like, gotta finish, 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 follow through, finish your job. And, like, it was a sports thing, but, like, also a life thing. <sighs> what else is in here? Yeah, insecurity. It's just like thinking about how we put those things on others and how we miscommunicate what, like, our, our insecurities and how those things can help us not communicate effectively. And just, I know, and a funny thing here, I know this dude is mad about this poem. Like, he was super offended because I was writing it while I was working there. And, like, in the intro of people, the hundreds so of people that have this book in the intro are kind of, um, uh, I always forget what they call that beginning of the book, the front matter. Um, I said something to the effect that I wrote this while hiding in the back of this place I worked in poor car repair shop, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't mad about that. It was like, he read this. I had sent him because I told him, I was like, I work on a book. And he's like, you're not a writer, you freaking hipster, you freaking F word, like derogatory term. Um, just make fun of me and stuff. So like once I, I finished it, I made sure to send copies to the place and so that the owners would see that and be like, what the fuck? Because they literally said, like, they'd always joke, like, oh, Casey's just hiding in the back. And I was like, yeah, motherfuckers, I am hiding in the back. I did all of my work and I'm working on this book. That's going to be amazing is what I was thinking the whole time. <laughs> and uh, when this dude, the body shop dude read this, he, like, I waited. I didn't say like I sent them. I just said it like in the last time I talked to him, like, oh yeah, like I'll send that shit when I do, like when I quit, I was talking about it. And so I just sent it unannounced. And like he texts me out of the blue and it's like, I read your book. And he's like, I liked it except for one thing. And he's like, the poem about me. And I was like, which one? And he said, Insecurity Blues. I was like, oh damn, he did read it. Whoops. Never talked to him again. I mean, sure to lose that number and block him on Facebook and stuff. I wouldn't even mention his name because, like, he is highly dangerous. It's for you, bud. Insecurity Blues. Um, yeah, I already said the songs of the week, uh, but specifically thinking of, like, no ceilings. What did I write? Watch my shoes. Um... Dang it, there's one where he says, like, Vince Young, suicide doors, life's a bitch, so now die for. Like, there are so many things that I, I started listening to Little Wayne that I'd hear things that he wasn't writing, that he was just doing the stuff off the dome and the the level sonically of the beats, the level of those things. It was off the chain. So, like, 2008 to 2010, Little Wayne is my jam. I'll always love it. And one line that I wrote around that time, because I, I just, I remember thinking like, man, he's gangster. It's popular, but also there's a deepness. Like there's a level here that some people won't get. And won't, you really have to listen to some of his like rhyme patterns and his content. And it's just crazy that he doesn't write, but it, it seems like he does write, but it's in a, a different way. It's in his head. If you can put your 
self in those shoes but really my some of my favorite songs ever that really inspired this and writing around this time uh was from uh the carter three shoot me down a millie what's a goon to a goblin like i, I that my that's a ode i guess this poem could be like a little bit of an ode to him just like just trying to have that goblin mindset as I'm writing this, like, no, you're pointing the gun at me, bro, but I'm the villain. And I'm going to write you to death, like, basically. And I always say, like, haters will hate, but a writer will punish. And it was because of these moments. Yeah. But <laughs> I just kind of lost the energy, but that's it. Um. If you're insecure, work on those things like I am. And I've been working on that for a long time, and it's okay. Uh, it's not okay to put them on to people and hurt people with them and hurt yourself. Like it starts with you. Work with your life force. Work on that shit. That's a call for help. That's not a call to hurt people. So go do better. Go write something. Go talk to somebody listen to somebody that picks you up spend time with people that pick you up work on your shit happy hunting peace